for a while, you'll know that we've been in a series which we've called Reach this year. And Reach as a series is actually what we've been speaking about in relation to our Thanksgiving faith offering this year. It's a three-part series, and guess what? This is week three. And so this is the last one in our small series on Reach. But so far, we've heard about two parts of the three parts, because the three parts are Reach Up, Reach In, and Reach Out. And so far, we've already spoken about Reach Up and Reach In. Today's Reach Out. In week one, we looked at the fact that Reach Up is our primary reach. And I hope you were here to hear it. It's, it's us reaching up for our relationship with God. The idea that we've been created for a full-time relationship with God. In other words, our relationship with God was never designed or never meant to be that we go to God only when we need Him to do something for us. In fact, our relationship with God is a full-time relationship with Him. And if we're to achieve anything of significance for his kingdom, then it will come from a relationship with him. You see, if we're not careful, we can get our reach in the wrong order. And we can find that we're reaching out or reaching in first. But that's never how God designed it. It's never how it was meant to be. Our primary reach, our first reach is always to be our relationship with God. It's out of our relationship with God that we're then able to do something for God. The challenge for us in Reach Up as sons and daughters, I felt in my spirit was to learn again how to be with God and then out of that place do something for God. But to not get our reach in the wrong order where we feel our relationship with God is based on what I do for Him. We had to learn what it was afresh to be with God. See, with Adam and Eve... We see our beginning or we see the genesis of our relationship with God. We were created primarily for relationship with Him. Not for what we could do for Him, but a relationship with Him. In fact, God walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Our relationship with God was always primary. That we would have a loving and intimate relationship with Him. Now, reach comes from the verse, Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39. Just to refresh your memories, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus himself said, This is the first and greatest commandment. Love God with everything you have. This is the Lord Jesus. This is our Savior giving us the greatest commandment, love God with everything you have. That's the design of God for his people. And we've got to be careful that we don't depart from God's design, that somehow we don't get our reach in the wrong order, but our primary place is relationship with God. That's the design that God established for us. And Jesus here, referring back to Deuteronomy, is restoring for us the sense, don't get your reach out of order. Love God with everything You have, that's the place that you live your life from. Now last week, Paul Bennett spoke part two, which was reach in. See, once I have reached up, and I have that in order, and I have that in place, now I reach in to see what God has placed within my life. What has God given me? What do I have in my hands that I can use to now be a blessing to others? He used Gideon and Moses to illustrate the reach in. 
Interesting, because the Lord came to Gideon and said, mighty warrior, or another translation, mighty hero. And yet, for Gideon, that was a shock because Gideon saw himself as the weakest in his family. But not only that, he saw his clan as the weakest in all of Manasseh. Can you imagine when God came and said, mighty hero, for Gideon, he would have thought, hang on a minute, God, because I see myself as the weakest amongst my family. But not only that, I've got a weak clan, the weakest in all of Manasseh. And Paul mentioned there was a disconnect between what Gideon saw and what God saw that God had put within Gideon's life. Do you remember this? Gideon had all the excuses in the world. If, why, where, and the big one. Oh, but. But the Lord said to Gideon, go in the strength you have. I love that. He didn't respond to Gideon saying, well, God, I'm the weakest, and say, well, actually, Gideon, you know what? You're right. So we need to send you to -to hand-to-hand combat combat school, or or you need to go and spend some time in the army, or or you need to go to university and get a degree, and then then you'll be ready. Now, don't mishear me. There's nothing wrong with upskilling. It's good, and God will use our skills. But at the same time, Gideon's excuses were no good. Because God didn't say, well, you need to upskill Gideon. He said, no, no, go in the strength you have. Now, that's a word for some of us this morning. Just to refresh that from last week. God has given you strength. God has given you gifts and talents and abilities. Go in the strength you have. Now, Gideon had all the objections and the excuses. Perhaps you're here this morning and you have objections and excuses as to why you can't do something. But God's word to you is the same as it was to Gideon. Go in the strength you have. You see, it's time again to reach in and see what we have been given, each of us. What has God given us? Paul said last week, and I want to echo it this morning, it's time we stop looking at what we can't do or what we don't have and use what we can do and what we do have. Do you agree with that this morning? Because it's really easy for us in our humanness to look at all our deficiencies, what we don't have. And on a ledger, look and think far out. I'm lacking a whole lot of things. But Paul mentioned, write a list of the things that you do have. And I pray you've been writing a list of the things that you do have, the abilities, the skills, the blessings, what God has given you that he can use to be a blessing to others. See, what we, we do what we can do so God can do what only he can do. Allow God to add his super to our natural. Don't you love that? It's not our super. Now, we, we've got natural things that we can do, and we allow God to add his super to that and make it supernatural. And you may say, well, Carl, I can only cook a meal. Well, I'll tell you what, when, we had ba- when Angela had babies and people cooked a meal for us, the gift of hospitality, it was much more than a meal. It was people saying, we love you, we care for you, we support you, we're with you, we're in community together. It's far-reaching beyond just a natural meal. It had a huge impact, and many of you have experienced that. But it's really easy to look in the natural and think, well, that's all I can do. I'll tell you what, it's a great blessing if you'll use it to love on others. Hospitality. Once you've recognized what you've got within you, then you make a decision to walk in obedience to what Jesus said and reach out. Because reach out comes from verse 39 of Matthew 22. Jesus had just given them the first and greatest commandment, but he adds to it. 
The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Whoever I come across in my life and in my sphere is my neighbor. See, love is the key to executing reach out. And we're going to talk about reach out here this morning. But you see, reach out cannot just become a strategic idea. It it can't just be, well, it was a good thing Carl said we should reach out, so therefore I need to step out and begin to reach out. Listen, love is the thing that will motivate us and ensure that we do something with what God has given us. Love is an action. Love motivates me to help and care for others. Love causes me to use what I have in my life to now make sure that I'm a blessing to others. You cannot manufacture love. You can't just decide today because I was told by the preacher that I have to love people to decide to love people. You can't go from yesterday being super angry with everybody on the roads to today deciding, well, I'll just love everybody. You can't make a strategic decision to just choose today that I'll love everybody wherever I go. It doesn't quite work like that. You can't manufacture love. Yet it's a command. And Jesus gave it to us. Is it it just simply Jesus inviting me into a works kind of strategy for reaching people? No, it's far more than that. That's why Matthew 22, 37 to 39 is so important. And a verse like love your neighbor cannot be seen in isolation because we've got to have our reach in the right order. I can't decide to love my neighbor first. I've got to love God first. My primary reach must be that one of reach up. And out of my loving relationship with God is how I will now receive the revelation to love others. See, it goes then from an I must I must do it because it's demanded of me to I want to do it out of a relationship with God. You can't just knuckle down and decide. But out of spending time in a relationship with God, recognizing how much God loves you, how much God has blessed you, how much God has cared for you, is now why you can set about loving and caring for others. But you've got to get your reach in the right order, or it'll very quickly become a works-based faith, and it was never meant to be. It was always meant to be relationship. But you've got to get it in the right order. Love for people is not a feeling. It's an action. It's an obedient step that comes from my primary relationship with God. If love was just down to feelings, there'd be a lot of times where we would say, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like I can love today. But love is so much more than a feeling. Love is an action and an obedient step that comes out of my primary relationship with God. So what is the obedience part of this? It's this. It's simply saying, this is how I put it, and I'm a simple person, so I put it simply. It's simply saying yes to God. Obedience is simply saying yes to God. See, I know when we are close to God, We get to know God's heart. And we know that his heart is for people to know his blessing, the blessing of his salvation and redemption. We say yes to be a blessing wherever we go. Not once in a while, we say yes 
to being a blessing wherever we go. And we see this with Abraham, who of course was Abram when the Lord spoke to him. This is where we get our blessed to be a blessing from. It was a covenant that God made with Abraham. Let's have a look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. And here we see the heart of God and his desire to bless his people. Is that how you see God? Is that your view of God, that God's heart toward his people is to bless them? We see it here in the conditions for those limitless blessings come for me down to two things. One, the ability to listen to God's voice. And two, obeying God's voice. God promised Abraham that if you would do as God asked, then God would personally make of Abraham a great nation. God would personally bless Abraham and make his name great. And Abraham would be a blessing to others. And we see blessed to be a blessing throughout all generations. See, through Abraham's obedience, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Now, is there anyone here this morning thankful for the obedience of Abraham? Do you recognize what Abraham had done in his obedience to God? It meant that the blessing would go from every generation. I love that about Abraham. There are also people in your life right now who are thankful for your your obedience. People you are thankful for, their obedience. See, I'm thankful for the obedience of Paul and Jill and many of you who started this church. Obedience to follow God. Many of you who have given sacrifice of of your time and your service and your finance over many, many years. I'm sitting here today, standing here today actually, thankful for many others' obedience. But I want to live a life where there will be thank people, my children mainly, who would also give thanks for my obedience. Are you with me? See, now is our time. Now is our time to recognize we have been blessed. And in turn, me, I want to be a great blessing. See, God's heart has not changed on this. He still looks for people who will get to know him and hear his voice and say yes to whatever he says. Listening and doing release God's blessing. Now think about that. God's desire is that you have such a personal relationship with him and know him in such a way that you will want to obey him in everything. And that obedience releases the heart and hand of God to use you, to bless you, to bless your family, to bless your loved ones, community, nation, and every nation on the earth. That's why I love this year. 
what we have in our flyer, our REACH flyer for this year. Remembering that REACH is what we've called our Thanksgiving faith offering. And keep that in your heart. And you see, when we give next week, we are living the blessed to be a blessing covenant that God established with Abraham. I pray it will impact us. I pray it will impact our families, our loved ones, our community, our nation, and the nations of the earth. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few moments. But in order to reach out and to be a blessing, we first must do what? Reach up and reach in. Because we need to catch the heart of God for people. You can't manufacture it. You've got to catch it from your relationship with God. You see, it's God's plan that his love and blessing would flow through each of us to reach others. And here's what I love about this. If you believe for your reach to be expanded, it's actually God's reach through your reach, reaching people. God's reach is extended through your life when you choose to be a blessing and to love others. It's God's plan. God set it up this way to use you and me to be a blessing and to love people. And so as we reach out to be a blessing, God's reach is extended in the earth. I reach in. What have I got that God can use in my life to be a blessing to others? See, every single one of us we know has been given giftings, talents, blessing, that if we would use those for God, we'd be a massive blessing in the world where God has put us right now. You are God's plan to release his blessing in the earth. I want you to go home today and do me a favor. I want you to go home and I want you to take a look in the mirror. Now, you're not looking for any of the imperfections that you might see every day. You're actually to look yourself in the eyes and say this, I am God's plan to release his blessing. I am God's plan to release his blessing. You are God's plan. You are the answer to someone else's need. God has chosen us. This is incredible stuff when you get the revelation of it. To be a blessing to others. To reach their lives. To love them. To care for them. To pour mercy and compassion out upon them. You're the answer. So look at yourself in that light for a change. Don't see what you don't have. Look and see what you do have. Because you are God's answer to reach this world. And he wants to use what he's given you in your life. But I also this morning want to talk about the reach out component in relation to our Thanksgiving faith offering. Because reach up, reach in, and reach out in relation to our Thanksgiving faith offering will ensure that we're going to be a huge blessing locally, but also globally this year. See, next week is our Thanksgiving faith offering. Boy, has it come around really, really fast. And next week, we come to reach out with our finances towards the vision that we as a leadership team and have actually set for us this year. And I encourage you, we're going to approach this year's giving. And hopefully it'll come from that idea and place of reach up, reach in. And then next week, come to reach out. As I've said previously, vision is important. Does the vision this year reflect God's heart. When you read this flyer, when you pray, when you wait on God, can you see 
God's heart within it? Does it reflect bless to be a blessing for others? And does it line up with the word of God? Is what we've set out to do this year in line with who God is? See, if you can say yes to those things, then the next part is vitally important. See, we'd never wanted our vision casting to feel like a sales pitch. It was to be a vision that would reflect God's heart. See, we don't want you to simply give because you thought what we wrote this year was a good idea. Some good stuff in there. So I'll give. It's got to be more than that. We wanted this to reflect the heart of God that you could pray and get excited and catch God's heart for what we want to achieve together. See, we want every person to reach up for this year's giving and to ask God, what is my part, God, in the giving this year? And reach in. I've been blessed by God. When I reach in, can I see that God has so blessed me? When I spend time reflecting on my life, can I see that I'm blessed by God because of each of us reaches up and reaches in this coming week? And then next week, we choose to be here, to step out in obedience to God. Then I know this year will again be an incredible year of great blessing. Perhaps you've not given to the Thanksgiving faith offerings in the past. It's just not been something that maybe you've considered. Or you've given year after year after year faithfully towards the vision of Life Church. But maybe you're feeling slightly tired about the giving. Well, here's what I would like you to do. I would like you to go to God about it. I'd ask you to go to God and speak to Him. Ask God to speak to you and show you what He would have you do this year. Because that's my primary reach, is to go to God first. And it's out of my relationship with God that I'll catch the vision and get excited about what the giving can mean for us this year. It's out of my relationship with God where I'll catch a fresh sense of partnership in the vision of Life Church. I won't if I'm tired, or I won't if I've never done it necessarily from listening to preaching, get excited enough to give. But I promise you, if you will go first to your reach up and spend time with God, God will be the one that will reveal to you your part in the partnership and in the vision. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 7. And I'll kind of bring my message to close around these, these thoughts. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, 
in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. This is a great passage. The Macedonian churches were in the midst of a severe trial and poverty. Yet in the midst of that, their overflowing joy welled up in rich generosity. How does that happen? How do you find yourself in a severe trial or in poverty and yet have overflowing joy that expresses itself in rich generosity? Now, let me just say this. Giving is not just for those who clearly know they have something to give. Hear my heart on this. It's for each person, rich and poor, and there's a grace that comes on us when it comes to our giving. And that is my prayer this year, that we would receive God's grace when it comes to giving, each and every single one of us. And like last year, exceed our expectations. You know, last year for me, when I read this passage, was a Macedonian year, where the giving of the people exceeded our expectations. Who thinks that's a great thing? The grace that was on the churches of Macedonia meant they pleaded for the privilege of sharing in the service of giving. You can't manufacture this stuff from a pulpit. You can't encourage people enough from a platform to give that kind of offering. There's a grace that came on the Macedonian churches. But I want you to notice a couple of things. First thing to notice, they gave as much as they were able That's the reach in. What have I been given that I can give out of? That's the reach in. They found they were able to give when they saw what they had. But notice what came first. And here's the key. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. That is the reach up. Before they ever got to the point of reach out, they reached up. And they reached in. You see, to receive a grace for giving, first of all, the place you've got to go is your relationship with God. If you're sitting in an offering talk and thinking, boy, I don't like offering talks. Listen, don't think about the offering talk. Think about, first of all, I go to God. And God will be the one that will speak to you and reveal to you what you are able to do this year. And then you'll never feel like you were manipulated, had your arm twisted, pushed into compulsion to give, but you will feel the revelation of God. God, I am part of this. And I'll tell you what, next weekend, being our Thanksgiving faith offering, guess what the grace will do? There will be overflowing joy present when we come under grace to give. Because each of us has first of all heard from God. There won't be any giving out of compulsion. And I love that about this church in Macedonia and this church here, Life Church. In fact, that's the place we receive the grace for giving. As I said, it's never a good offering talk. It's our relationship with God. And so my encouragement to you is go to God for the giving this year. Here are the two keys. And we saw them with Abraham when it comes to giving and when it comes to our relationship with God. The first is hear his voice. The second is be obedient to God's voice. But I've got to go to God to hear his voice. I've got to spend some time with God to hear his voice. 
and then I'm obedient to what God says. Last week, Paul used this verse. It's just a little bit further on from the passage we've just read. It's verse 12 of 2 Corinthians 8. It says, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Paul said this last week, and I'm quoting him. He said some good things last week, didn't he? You can be stingy with little, and you can be stingy with much. And you can be generous with little, and you can be generous with much. The gift is acceptable because of the willingness of what one does have. How do I get a willingness? I've already said it, haven't I? Reach up. If I want to have a willingness that will overflow in great joy when it comes to giving, then I've got to go to God because my willingness comes from my relationship with Him. So here's the question as the worship team comes back to join me this morning. What do you have? What can you do? I want you to think about this in relation to the offering, but it's much broader than that as we've been talking about over this series. What has God placed? In your life, what has God given you in your hand? What has he placed within you that you can use to make sure that you are a great blessing to others? What is the blessing God has placed within your life? We were never designed to reach up and reach in and stop there. We were never designed to contain the blessing of God. If all we do is reach up and reach in, we've contained the blessing. The key part is to be a blessing and to now reach out with what God has given us. It's blessed to be a blessing. Reach up, reach in, and then we reach out. What has God given you? This week is crucial to next week. Go to God. It's the key, and we should go to God with every decision that we're making in life. Ask God what he would have you do. Look at what you've been given, not at what you have not been given. Ask God for grace this year. God, grace me for the giving This year, I want it to be like no other year. I want it to overflow, Lord, with great joy. And there to be a great willingness in my heart as we come to this. Final thoughts. I believe if we each do this, if we each go to God, then we'll all give together in unity for the more that God has for us. And that will see us excel in bigness of spirit and bigness of generosity that we will see God's reach through our reach expand his blessing in our community, in our city, in our nation, and the nations of the earth. Would you pray with me this morning? God, it's our desire to have our reach in the right order. God, we thank you that we know we can come boldly to you first because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. He made the way open for us to have our relationship with you restored to how it was always designed to be. Lord, we thank you that every one of us in this auditorium has been blessed because of what Jesus has done for us. Holy Spirit, help us This week to see what we have and not see what we don't have. Give us God's perspective on how he sees us. 
like the story of Gideon or Moses, many others in the Bible. God, help us to see what you've placed within us. Even now as I pray, I feel a sense in my spirit that for some of you, you need to hear the words, mighty warrior, mighty hero. God has placed more within you than perhaps you've recognized to this point. But if you will continue to trust that God has placed greatness on the inside of you, blessing in your life, that you would be able to be a blessing. Father, I thank you that each one of us here has been given gifts and talents and abilities. And I pray, Holy Spirit, this week as we come to you, you would reveal to us what you've placed within our lives, each and every one. God, we want your perspective on how you see us. And God, we ask for a grace to rest on us for the reach out, that wherever we go, whomever we cross paths with, we would be graced to be a blessing. 